virgin all the way. Oh, and it's a beautiful goal! What a And welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby. And Rob, it's never dull at Leicester. Unless it's the actual quality of football we're playing. Well, yeah. Off the pitch, it's never dull, is it? We've uh, still not won a game of football in a very long time, but we have got a new manager for a bit. What, what do you think? First thought, straight in. Dean Smith. Well, if you asked me this as soon as it was announced, I'd have been, well, I'd have been face down on the floor, just like, nah, no. But then if you look at it, I, I think most Leicester fans would have been probably quite shocked, to be perfectly honest. And But I look at it now, and I think most Leicester fans actually will look at it now and see what they've been saying, see the photos, and I know we're only going on that, but you are looking at, and, then, and, and also looking at it after a few days going, that what Leicester wanted and what Leicester needed was someone to come in and completely change things because someone coming in, I, you know, if we if we appointed Graham Potter, I don't think it would have made any difference at all. It, if a new manager coming in is going to make any difference at Leicester, it needs to be completely different. Okay, so we are getting a different manager. We're getting a different assistant manager, and then we're getting again another coach with a very high profile. So we are getting these three. In Wonks, it's not just the manager at all. And they will make a lot of difference. So looking at it after a few days, I'm going, well, okay, you know, it seems to be all right. The, you know, the, the reaction seems seems to be okay from the player. You know, it, it now makes a little bit more sense. And also the noise from the club about it being only a short-term appointment. I don't think there's any danger of this, even if they keep us up actually being anything long term the the word is apparently it's, it's going to be all guns for, for potter in the summer if they stay up so looking at it now i look at it and go well to be honest it couldn't have been worse than what it was so why not and also looking at what was out there okay fair play you know if someone's going to come in and do it short term I like obviously the shaky angle and then you bring in someone like John Terry okay fine that looked weird didn't it the pictures of him wearing a, a Leicester uh, tracksuit on the training ground that looked odd but okay you know if they've if the people upstairs at Leicester who are getting pelters from left right and centre and from us if they've looked at it and gone right this this trio let's bring all three in and they've gone and done that and it's only on a short-term deal. Okay, okay. I'm I'm all right with it now. It 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 took a few hours and that, but I'm okay. What was your what were you, are you about the same as me? What were your initial thoughts, and then what do you think now? I've done exactly the same. Yeah, the 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 thoughts that went through my mind when I first saw that it was announced, um, and I didn't get it straight away because I was uh, I was on a cruise. You know, you don't really get much uh, much signal in the middle of the Mediterranean. Oh yeah, so, I forgot um, about that. How was it? How was it? How was it? Oh, it's great. Yeah, lovely. Thank you. I'll just drop that one in there, make everybody jealous. You know? <laughs> that's the, well, that's why we haven't been on, so. Yes, exactly. That's why we've not been on s- till now. Uh, yeah, I thought, oh my goodness me, sacked by Norwich earlier this season in, in the championship. You know, what what are we doing here, basically? And and because we'd gone through the approach Potter, he rejects, pretty much sign on the dotted line for Jesse Marsh and then pull out last minute. You're thinking, right, this is a th- this is a guy that's third choice who's been out of work since he got sacked by a championship club and we've got eight games to go. Things are getting pretty desperate. But then, like you, when you when you see, obviously the club want to promote them in a positive light, but when you see things like the rest of his managerial record, this isn't a guy that's just managed a handful of games here, there and everywhere. I think he's on approaching 600 games or something like that, maybe just over. So he's got experience he has from from what i've looked at and this this is what i've done since to try and fill myself with some confidence so i can try and paint a positive light on the podcast so everybody does what we need to do and just 
get behind it because there's no point in whinging about it now. We've got eight games. If you discount Man City, you've got seven games basically to save the season. He's done it with Walsall in his first managerial job. Um, he kept Villa up on the last day of the season uh, in their first season in the Premier League. Admittedly, he did spend £144 million on the way, but he knows what he's doing in terms of galvanising players enough to keep him in a division. And that is essentially his only brief at Leicester. So you forget forget what happened with Norwich. You know, some things just don't work out with certain clubs. Nobody at the club, nobody here at the podcast, nobody in their right mind is sitting here thinking, this is the man to manage Leicester long term. This is the man to do what we want to do and establish ourselves as a regular top half competing for Europe club. Nobody's saying that. They're just saying, look, we've got him. We've got John Terry. No nonsense. Centre-half. Leader. Uh, and you've got Craig Shakespeare, who I think will really help with the sort of transition process. You know, if Dean Smith and John Terry had just come in and started overturning things and going bosh, 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 it wouldn't probably have gone down as well as if they're doing it with almost an intermediary like Craig Shakespeare because there'd be a lot of people still around that he knows. He worked with Stowell and Sadler um some of the some of the existing players like Vardy, etc. You've seen them having a bit of a reunion cuddle on the on the club's social media. It it all seems at the moment to be all nicey nicey, positive. And if if Dean Smith's just here to motivate, John Terry can do some kicking up the backside and Shakespeare's got the got the respect already of the club and, and, and the staff, then why can't it work? Exactly. It's pure good cop, bad cop, isn't it, with Terry and Shaky? That's pretty much how I see it. But it's what they need. And and you're right. It's what else could could we have got? What else could we have done? It's um it it seems reasonably sensible. And talking to a few people this morning actually at work, um, referring to the appointment and, and, and they were saying, Well, you know, if you look at it actually what what more could you have got? So overall, it's um, it's going to be it, you know it, it should be it should be absolutely fine, um, but we'll we'll see. It's all about results. It doesn't matter how, um, it doesn't matter how how it doesn't matter how we get the results. It doesn't matter what what formation we get. It doesn't matter what who scores. It's it's all about getting the results. And then again, by the sounds of it, the club will just talk about a a, a revamp in the summer. Crikey, it'll be a new manager and half the squad as well. So that's all to come. Um, and then more than likely, even if we go down as well. So, yeah, big things need to happen. And, okay, so it, it, it's interesting actually, Rob, because I was driving back to here to obviously to do the podcast and I was thinking about what we are talking about. Obviously, we're going to talk about the manager, what, our, what we reckon. Um Talk about City at the weekend, although it's a very difficult game, obviously, to really talk about because of what can you do. But I don't know, it's like, what would you do? Like, so you have been given the the, the, the keys. We, we kind of asked this before, but now we're, we've got this, this new era, this new... What would you like for them to do? Um, I've got half an idea for me, and it revolves around one of these three people very heavily, but... What would you do? Are you talking sort of tactically, formation-wise, personnel, like all all of it, really? Kind of all in one. I'll just I'll just give you a brief kind of preview. Of what I, like I think a, a lot of this is Craig Shakespeare. You know, an awful lot. I I think you have got a person there who knows again a lot of the players. Um, Dean Smith also will know. You know, that's another thing as well. These these three will know this squad very well. Um, I think Shakespeare will set this team up um, in exactly the way that he set up Leicester before and in a very strong and um, rigid formation, but you get what I mean. Um, First of all, I think it's what we need, but I think it's exactly what they'll do. And I think a lot of this is Craig Shakespeare rather than Dean Smith. I think it's almost... The three in one. I I think you can't talk about it being Dean Smith as the manager. I think it's it's pretty much him and Shakespeare. And then I think Terry's going to have probably more of a say than he had 
when previously working purely because he's got more experience, etc., than he did before. Um, but I think it's going to be more to do with Shakespeare than a lot probably think. I don't think it's just purely a training ground thing. Um, and I think Shakespeare will look at this and go, I know exactly how to get the best out of this squad. Yeah, by all accounts, he was he was the main man leading the show when we won the Premier League, wasn't he? With, with Ranieri not spending as much time in England as, as perhaps people thought. Shakespeare certainly running things on the training ground. Uh, and you would imagine that in this case, as long as Dean Smith realises that Shakespeare is the man for that job, then there's no reason why that can't happen again. Because ultimately, Smith, Terry and Shakespeare are all going to be in this for a big old uh, keepers in the Premier League bonus. And therefore, that then puts them in a good light in the summer when lots of clubs will be looking to to change their their managers and they might just get another sort of bottom half Premier League job. That is if they all, all three of them want to stick together. But it, it, as long as Smith hasn't got too much of an ego and he's, he, he doesn't go, right, I'm the manager, I'm, I'm taking charge of this. He seems to respect Shakespeare as a very respectable um, and very respected coach and assistant manager. So... And and they've played together, they've worked together. They, I think he he needs to be sensible here, Smith, and go. Come on, then, shaky. What what are we doing here? And for me, tactically, it needs to be simplified very much to to having, like you said, a more rigid formation, something that they can adapt in the game if they need to, and have have a plan B, plan C. Of course, you need that, but just where everybody knows their job, but everybody is asked to do a job that they are capable of doing. Not too much fannying around with it. Not too much uh, getting on the ball in your own half. But I think it will be a team that's set up to try not to concede goals and to move the ball forward nice and quickly, as has been our most successful tactic over in what is our most successful period in history in the last sort of seven, eight years. Just just get back to those basics and use, we've talked about it a lot of the time before, players like Dakar and Vardy. Completely useless this season because the, the, the style of play under Rodgers didn't suit them because it was insistent on tap, 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 pass, 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 pass. If you play both of those up front and stuck some balls in the channels for them, you're going to get yourself up the pitch. You've got to play percentages these in these last few games, haven't you? You've just got to... Give the players a job, make sure they know their job, and move the ball forward nice and quickly. And, and I think the one other thing that they desperately need to do is get in the opponents' faces because Rodgers was coming off the pitch and the players were coming off the pitch as well and saying, oh, we, we tried as hard as we could, we worked as hard as we could. That might have been the case, but to us watching on TV in the stands, it does not look like they have worked that hard for most of the games this season. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing seven or eight players on yellow cards at the end of the game because it at least shows that they're going to put something on the opposition and make their life difficult. We've been far too easy to beat, and that has to change. Dean Smith, John Terry, Craig Shakespeare got to say, right, go out there, put yourself about, and just put them under pressure when they've got the ball. And the way to put them under pressure when we've got the ball is get it forward nice and quick and use our strength because I don't think that they've done much of that this season. Yeah, I agree. It's a um it's it's a it's a very strange uh strange scenario really because you you you're looking at a club that's been basically ran as it has been for the last, you know, 4 years and you're looking to change everything so quickly. I, I can't see any reason why it can't because you're talking about um a managerial team now with big personalities and you're talking about a managerial team who basically will go in there, they'll have their own ways and means, but also, you said earlier, they will have future jobs, basically, um, on the horizon. They'll be looking at jobs in the Championship, looking at jobs in the Premier League. And if they can keep Leicester in the Premier League, that's a huge tick next to their name. And if you never know, they may not, and they might may just become the latest firefighters who come in and, and put out fires at clubs. And, well, you can become a, an unbelievably rich person doing that. But I think they have more kind of long-term things. Um, but also, when they met Rudkin and Top, 
surely the the mo was to come in and break it up completely change the way we're playing there's no reason why we should be that they should go on and uh, carry on as we are in our in our style of football in our formation in our first team personnel whether they actually take a look at the side and, and just drop on that, then then that's their own prerogative. But surely it is to come in and completely have a complete fresh pair of eyes on the squad, fresh way of doing things. Um, the first thing I would say is to, and as most new managers do at a club, they would completely um, disband any previous favourites or players who were kind of expelled from the squad. So... Instantly, that mean, means a Soyuncu or a Vestergaard. It basically would arguably rule out any sort of form this season. Why not? So, uh, uh, apart from possibly the goalkeeper, why wouldn't you look at players and look at their training this week and go, right, you're in the first team? Now, obviously, you might not pick a you know, 16-year-old lad who's in the first team squad, but you know what I mean? It's It's give everyone a complete fresh start because as soon as they see that surely they would have then as a footballer you would go right I could then get in the first team next week if I'm you know awesome in training it's it that just has to be a complete must they'll have their old favorites and also they will take advice from players now there was no hint I don't think at all really when you've got a club so far down the league and playing as poorly as Leicester surely there had to have been upset and unrest behind the scenes but we never really saw that testament to Rogers really and how well he was liked and maybe obviously it just didn't work out on occasion we'll, we'll come to review the Rogers tenure at the end of the season there's, there's more pressing things to talk about but then you'd look at and you'd ask the senior players You'd ask Jamie Vardy, you'd ask Johnny Evans and Yuri Tillemans, what's the best for you? Now, maybe they'll turn around and go, well, actually, it's the way that we were playing. It's the formation, etc. that we are playing. But we're not going to do that. So it's going to be a different way. Okay, fine. But I don't think that will be the case at Leicester because, again, I can't see there being massive unrest there at the club because it didn't really kind of break out at that. Um, maybe there's a few home truths. So you ask in players like a Madison and a Tielemans, who I can't for one... I know Madison made that error in the last game. Um, and he got he got some pelters, etc. But I, I don't for one think that they have been poor this season at all. I mean, Yuri Tielemans maybe not quite the absolute top standards he's been, but still been very good. Look at the fact... Look at how we are without him. Um, maybe a few home troops to certain players who maybe are looking to move on to say, you've got a job here. Okay, Um, you've got wages to earn. Now, some of them weren't being picked for whatever reason, but some of those, like, say, a Madison and a Tielemans, you know, you're going to move on from this football club. We are as a managerial team as well. So, essentially, I don't care what you've done in the last three or four years at the football club. This is it. This is an... Everyone at the club is on a nine or eight game contract. This, This is it from now on. Even Jamie Vardy, the best player that's ever played at Leicester, what he... Again, it's it's not what you've done before. And I know, obviously, he's got the shaky links, etc. But it's what you can do now. Now, and, and, and so if everyone buys into that and goes, right, it is scratch, start again, then why not? I, I, I can't think of it being a bad thing. Whether it works on the pitch, we'll wait and see. Um, I like... The, the way that we've been defending and the defenders that we've got at the club, you can see someone like Johnny Evans, you can see, hopefully works well with um, with John Terry, etc. And looking at what they need, I, I'd be amazed if there's no changes at the back. I'd be amazed if Soyuncu doesn't come in. Absolutely staggered. I was anyway with Stowell and, um, and, and Sadler. I was amazed he didn't come in. Maybe he's burnt bridges there. And if he has, then that might be it. But... I'd be shocked. I'd be absolutely shocked. If you look on social media, there's an awful lot of pictures of Soyuncu doing the rounds saying, I wonder if this guy's back. You know, maybe even a Vestergaard. I know he's obviously not had the greatest time at all, but again, completely new, clean slate. If you're a player like Vestergaard and you're looking at Leicester going, don't really want to be here. I know he had that opportunity as a move to Europe. Didn't work out because of um, family, etc. over here. You know, there was a few reasons behind the scenes. Again, you're on an eight-game contract. Go.
go and earn yourself a move to a Premier League club, possibly, or a decent move somewhere else. Um, if you're an old hat who are maybe maybe looking on, maybe even a Vardy, who knows? Then again, earn yourself a move back or move away from the football club. Everyone's on that short-term contract. If you're a player who is going to leave Madison, Tielemans, get yourself that move to Newcastle, to Liverpool. I've just been on the Anfield Rap talking about Leicester and I says Yuri Tillemans is probably the one of the hottest um, players in the summer because he's on a free and surely virtually every single Premier League club will be looking at him going, we'll have him for free. Crikey, you're right, you'd be mad not to. Liverpool, I mean, they'd be absolutely bonkers not to go for him for a free. Um, earn yourself that move. You've done it. We know you have. You've got the back class. Earn yourself. You're on a six, you're on an eight game contract. Everyone's on that same contract. And if it means you're going to move away from the club, who cares? Who cares? Because it's all it's all going to change in the summer. So it doesn't matter. Play for your move if you want. That's fine. You know, enjoy keeping us up if possible. But if it's in behind the scenes, a move to move away from the club, don't care. Don't care at all. Everyone's on a short term contract. Um, that's what I hope. And who knows? Who knows what this team will be against Manchester City? It's a strange game because obviously you're playing against the Premier League champions who were devastating against Bayern Munich, I thought, the other day. And you'd imagine they'll come up with all sorts of plans against them. But surely the team then to go on and play against Wolves would be slightly different. Um, but it's still, um, I, I'd still expect changes, surely. Um what what do you reckon? Do you reckon that some players will come in from the cold? I think so. This is the challenge that Smith, Shakespeare and Terry have got over the next eight games. Is Firstly, they'll come in with some kind of idea of what they think about each and every single one of the players. Like you say, this is a Premier League club. It's, uh, it's very high profile. It's not kind of you going into a... Uh, a sort of National League North side and you don't really know who the players are and you've got to do some figuring out. They'll know exactly what they think of all the players, but what I really hope they do, and it's a real challenge to do this, but is that they go in with an open mind and do exactly what you've said. Watch training and see who applies themselves best in training. And then you, based on whatever shape you want to do, let's say for, for arguments, say you want to do four four two, you look at the best two fullbacks in training, the ones that have applied themselves the best, you look at the best two centre-backs, the ones that have looked in the best shape, maybe possibly a partnership that you like the look of, you stick them in. You don't go based on any previous team sheets. You don't go based on who was pals with Brendan Rodgers, who wasn't. As long as they are physically fit enough and have applied themselves well in training, you put them in. Now, that uh, sounds like a very simple thing to do, but it, it's not always, because you then got the other consideration of um, how do you motivate these players? Because that's the big thing here. That Leicester, these players have not become rubbish footballers over the course of this season. It's simply not the case. If you look at each of the Premier League squads on paper, yes, football's not played on paper very clearly, but on paper, this is a team that should be finishing comfortably in the top half of the Premier League. In, in my opinion, maybe that's slightly biased as I'm a Leicester fan and we're on a Leicester podcast, but, you know, some other clubs wouldn't necessarily agree, but I, I personally think that's the case. I would base this as a mid-table. We are mid-table, mid and if you're playing well, you can get higher than that, but certainly away from that 12th. Seems to be the gap between 12th and then 11th is huge. I'd put us in that 11th, 10th, and then if you're playing well, you finish 8th, just like we had that good end of the season and we finished 8th. Exactly that, yeah. Um, and that that's where we should be for for whatever reason it's it's just all gone very stale so now you're looking at a group of players yes you've got to motivate them as a team but you've got to look at players like let's pick up some that you've just mentioned there Suyuncu Vestergaard what is going to get them what's going to get the best out of them in the next eight games is it saying look come on Suyuncu let's um, get yourself this move in the summer you know, the the better you play, look, if you apply yourself well, you show the, the the class and the quality that you showed a couple of seasons ago when you were number one choice for Leicester, then you get yourself a decent move in the summer. If you don't, your move's probably not going to be quite so good. Is that what's going to motivate him? Is it going to be not even thinking about that? Is it just going to be coming and put an arm around him and say, look, I've seen you've been out in the cold this season. 
don't know why, because you've just shown me some brilliant uh, day consecutive days in training. I'm going to put you in the team on Saturday. You just show us what you can do. Is it as short term as that? They've got to get to know these players very quickly and what makes them tick. And it will be different for those different players. And that's 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 the key, really, for me. If If you get on the right side of each and every single one of these players... It, it, to to a point where you can get 10, 15, 20% more out of them than we have seen this season, Leicester will be absolutely fine. I, do, I, don't, I don't have a worry if you can get those players motivated, but that, that's been the difficulty. Because as soon as, as soon as they're feeling good about themselves, they will play better on the football pitch. That's It's very, very simple that. You can see that the players lack any kind of confidence and... While we said on the previous podcast, if Stowell and Sadler take four to six points from the from the two games that they were in charge against Villa and Bournemouth, then consider keeping them till the end of the season. That that would have represented a momentum shift. It would have put us quite clearly much higher up in the table, which automatically feels better, even if there's not that much of a gap between you and the bottom three. You know, just the mindset of being out of the bottom three and the confidence of getting two positive results in a row, probably would have been enough, but they weren't able to do that. Leicester still looked scared. It looked like they were kind of two coaches trying to replicate what Brendan Rodgers has been struggling to do all season rather than having their own kind of ideas. They were just, they were keeping things steady-ish, weren't pulling up any, uprooting anything or or doing any radical changes. So it was very clear that that was a, a caretaker position and no more. Um, but now Smith, Terry, Shakespeare make it simple, find a way to motivate the players, and we will be absolutely fine. Yeah, what, what would you do then personnel-wise? I mean, I mentioned Soyun Chu. I, I, absolute no-brainer. I don't care what's happened. Um, he played for Turkey two occasions, played really well. We, it's exactly what we need at the back. Bit of aggression. Again, we know what player he is, but look at him in his prime. If you think about the bad things, think of him in his prime. That's what sort of player I want in a blue shirt. Try avoiding relegation, trying to avoid relegation, and you've got Kalar Soyuncu in your first team squad, fit, raring to go, and also, again, on an eight-game contract, wanting to prove himself and then get away from the football club. Fine, brilliant, no worries. Play really well, get that move. That's that's what I want. I think it's an absolute no-brainer. I think a back three is a complete no-brainer as well. With the wing-backs that we have, the options we have, we have a fit Ricardo on one side. On the other side, you've got hopefully a fit Christiansen. I, I can't see any reason why that three at the back would not work. If they're going to go with a flat-back four, fine. But surely Soyuncu comes in. Can't see any reason why not. But away from that, it's going to be very difficult. I've seen, um, seen Leicester up close in the last few games and... Um, the one player in particular, and I know it, it doesn't quite matter in this circumstance because it's something maybe the long term, but um, it's the first time I've ever said this. Absolutely the first time. Um, Jamie Vardy, there's a big problem. A big problem. I, He was sharp. He's always been sharp. Really was. Um, even if he wasn't fully fit. Those games in his past when he's come back from injuries and he's only been given an hour or even 45 minutes. He's been sharp, not explosive, but sharp. And, and that, I think his legs are gone. I, his legs have gone for me at the top level. Um, it's not there. He's fit. He's fully fit by, by, you know, he's playing, he's starting in the Premier League. And yet the sharpness for me is gone. You know, he's always going to be willing. He's always going to beat me over 10 metres. That's, that's a cert. So he, I think he'll be able to run around at this level for a long time. But at Premier League sharpness, I think it's gone. Um, and then you're talking, and against some defenders who you wouldn't even put, you won't put in the express category as well. So that's one. Now, I I would not drop him. I would play someone alongside him, and I'd have him in the middle, right up front, um, and tell him to do that. Don't worry about it. You stay on that last man. I can't, for the life of me, understand how. He wasn't on the last man or if they've worked this out. And there was so 
the, the the two wingers either side was so far away from him. It's it's quite ridiculous. And then even even playing Madison in that position, can't understand it. Surely at this point of his career, everyone should have seen Jamie Vardy going. Oh my God, he's he has lost that yard, and he needs someone alongside him. Who do we have? Oh, we've got James Madison as a number ten. That works. But no, we can play him out wide on the right. Oh, we've got a Clessier Nacho, who naturally likes to just play off a front man. No. Oh, we've got Passantaka, who can basically be buzzing around like Jamie Vardy. No. Okay, so he's going to play up front on his own. I don't get that. I get starting him, but he can't play. It, for me, he can't play in the middle of a front three anymore. In, in the Premier League. I, I, I think he'll score always score goals, but I just I generally don't think that works. So if you're gonna play in that formation, it can't be Vardy, but I can't see them going back to that. First of all, Harvey Barnes, who's been playing really well in recent games, brilliant goal um against Villa, what a fantastic goal. But if he's not there, surely you don't play with three up front. That just goes completely out the window. Hence the reason you can easily now go three at the back. It naturally, for me, would just make complete sense because there's no Barnes. Have the three centre-halves, have the two wing-backs, Christensen and Ricardo probably. Of course, you can play Castagna if you like. Castagna could always fill in as a centre-half as well. And then you've got um, three and two. So you've got the two forwards, Iheanacho and Vardy for me. And then you've got the three in midfield. And it's it's a take your pick of the midfield. If against Manchester City, very easily, you could just go bosh, bosh, bosh. You could go... Papi Mendy, Samare, and Wilfred Ndidi, and say, there's our wall in midfield, and have two up front. And one of them, if you want, is James Madison, just behind um, a centre-forward, maybe even a Dakar up front. That that sort of formation would do for me. Three in midfield to say, right, try and get past this wall, three in behind, and then the two up front, which are, uh, again, probably a Madison because obviously set plays etc and the link between that and then a forward and you just tell Daka to run around like a blue ass fly for 45 minutes and we can bring Ian Asho on to do something similar or even a Vardy that, that's how I can see them going against Man City against other teams then at home surely you, you then change things up because you won't go with those three in midfield but that to me makes sense you know and you and you say to them go and kick them Go, go and get in there. Get stuck in. We've got players to come in if you might get sent off. But I, I don't know. It sounds dead simple and it sounds old-fashioned even. But it's what we want to see. It's we, I know Man City are a different proposition. But when I'm talking about Wolves then in the game after, you want to see some aggression. That's the one thing that's been worrying for me. You can get beat by anyone. Bournemouth are a decent side. They They are what they are. Then they are playing for their manager. They're playing for the team. They're playing for the badge, you know. But they are just the standard that they are, and and they go and win. Like Villa, Villa are playing. They're playing with supreme confidence. They're not world beaters at all. I mean, I, I, I've all I've heard all week on Sky Sports News is singing the praises of Ashley Young. He had an absolute disastrous game against Leicester. I looked at it. And I was kept on saying throughout the game, he looks like an old man. He's been absolutely destroyed by Harvey Barnes. Yet. They're playing with confidence. Leicester had zero confidence. It was it was a an abysmal performance, really. And then all of a sudden, obviously, the sending off made a lot of difference. But there was a terrible error by Ndidi, you know, trying to side foot the ball and passes with his heel. Well, what's going on there? But Leicester lacked the aggression. Vardy tried to lead from the front. Come on, alongside me. No one there. Asking for people in midfield. No one there. Where's Mendy? Comes on. Running around, bosh, bosh, bosh. Um, I, I fear for Keenan Jusby Hall. Like, uh, his progression hasn't happened this season. Um, with the ball, he's lacking massively now. He's always going to be trying, always going to be trying. But when he's actually in possession, he, he's lacking. And what do you do when you, when you, you panic? What do you do when you, you realise that part of the game is not working? You make a foolish and rash decision. Indeed, he with the pass, him getting sent off, Keenan. But um, but the rest of it, you just want to see more aggression. You want them to get stuck in. You want them to press. You want them to go and win the ball. You want them to then go and try and win the game. 
there's many different ways of playing football, but we've had it too many times this season to be trying to sit back and play the nice stuff at the back. No, no. Because if it doesn't work, the crowd are going to be on your back straight away. What you want to do is be a bit more direct, but be active, be energetic, press, press. I, get, I hate the word press because people shout it randomly. There's a guy there's a guy in Arsenal women who shouts press constantly during the game. At, at the weirdest times, there'll be a corner. And he'll shout press. And he's like, what are you doing? I, I think he doesn't know what it means, basically. But that's what Leicester need. Now, if they're going to get pulled apart by teams, that'll happen. Villa walked through the middle of Leicester's midfield for the first goal. And it happened about two or three other occasions. And they were saved by pretty good defending, actually, by Volt Vass and um, Harry Suter, actually. Um, God damn, I had, a, I had a bet on Suter to score first. Harry missed with that header. But anyway... Um, it was, uh, they walked through the centre of Leicester's midfield as they're standing off trying to keep in, in shape. No, go and get after that ball. Get it, win it by hook or by crook because the crowd will be behind you. They're going to walk through Leicester on occasion, teams are. They're going to play nice football. Wolves will. They've got the players to. But if we match that with aggression, with closing down quickly, and hopefully the rest of the team then fills in behind, then the Leicester crowd will stick behind them. That's what we want. We could be going into that game against Wolves, in my opinion, Rob, on the back of a right hiding at, at the Etihad. And if we are, we need the crowd to be behind them. And Leicester, I think their crowd will be behind them if they show an awful lot of willing. Whether it comes to scoring goals, creating chances and that at the other end of the field, that's another thing. But I'm talking about the midfield in defence, especially the midfield. Go and get the ball. Oh, I like a Pete, a Pete rant. Not even a rant, it was just... Pure passion there. I felt that. Felt that down the phone. I'm sure that those listening, wherever you're listening, in the car, in the gym, at home, you'll you'll feel that too. I think the main thing I'll draw from that is is the the word I would use would be commitment. You you want the Leicester players to look committed to the cause for the last eight games of this season because that is pretty much the only thing that's going to make sure that the the fans get behind you. We we spoke on the previous podcast uh, about the fact that the Villa and Bournemouth games were both home games that that Leicester have there 28 29,000 supporters who want to support the team there are very few people even the proper whingy ones there's very few people that will go to the king power with a with a view to wanting to boo or not support the team they go there they pay their money their hard earned money because they want to support the team but they, is it, is it, you've got to have a bit of give and take. They've, they've got to have something to support in the first place. And if it's not very clearly visible on the pitch and, and think a couple of things start going wrong or, or it doesn't look as committed as it should, that's when the fans start getting a bit tense. Look, we're all tense. We're all worried about the fact that we could get relegated to the championship and then it's an absolute dogfight to get yourself back up again. Uh, and especially because of the success that we've tasted over the last sort of decade almost, really, y- you want to see the players committed to the cause. And I-, I think you're absolutely right. Man City could turn us over quite comfortably. Um, and-, and that's, it's not ideal, but it's all right. Uh, because it's not really the kind of game that is going to decide whether we stay in the Premier League or not, in my opinion. The big game for for this running is is the Wolves game on the on the twenty second of April. It's um, it's it's the first home game of the of the new managerial kind of system, which is obviously only a short term thing. But I would genuinely consider if I were Smith or Shakespeare or, or John Terry, even if you don't want to do it live on the pitch. I would genuinely consider doing a, a bit of a, a a chat to the fans that tries to galvanise them. I'm, I'm thinking Alan, Alan Birchnell uh, in seasons gone by where he'd be in the middle of the pitch and he would be screaming down that microphone and the fans would be screaming back at him and, and the roar that it generated as the players came out of the tunnel was, was what... I mean, we're a team that have consistently overachieved in the in the in our recent history, but that's partly because the the fans have been so behind the team, 
and we just need something to get behind. So the Wolves game, you've got to say to every single one of the Leicester players, you go in, you win your first 50-50, you stick a stick a late one on a couple of the Wolves players, you get in their faces, you win the ball back high up the pitch and the fans are all of a sudden going to be start, start to go, yeah, come on, we'll have more of that. And every time you do it, there'll be a louder cheer. And every time, that'll make everybody in that stadium, all 30-odd thousand of them, plus the 11 Leicester players on the pitch and the ones on the bench as well, it'll make everybody feel just a little bit better. And we're not asking for them to become uh, world-class footballers overnight. That's not the case. We just want a bit of a spring in the step that's not been there. And I, I would agree with you in terms of uh, in terms of the shape uh, and largely in terms of the personnel. Uh, Evans, if he was fit enough for the bench, uh, then surely he's got to be fit enough to at least start the game um, or the, the upcoming games. I'd put him in the middle of a back three and I'd consider Fass and Soyuncu either side as... as, as because you have to be a little bit more dynamic to play on the right or the left of a back three. Um, and I'd, I'd put both of those in. I can't see how Suter and Evans, for example, would fit in a back three. And at this stage, you need your club captain in there. If he's got, if he's fit enough, get him in. Even if he's only fit enough to start the first hour and you and he leads from from his position as the captain in terms of that commitment. He sticks a big one on Diego Costa in the Wolves game, for example, you know, absolutely clatters him winning a towering header. Leicester fans are going to go mad for that kind of thing. And then if he needs to be withdrawn after an hour and Suter comes in, Evans has set the standard there. You know, um, in in the midfield, obviously we've got Dewsbury Hall out with the suspension, but I, I agree with you in in terms of him lacking quality on the ball. And, and you wonder at this stage, is that ever going to come? But that's a conversation for the summer. But in terms of the running, as soon as he's available, I'd put him back in because what we want is grafters. We want players that are going to be fully committed to the cause and nobody could ever question with somebody like Jewsbury Hall that, that, that that's his game. You'd, you'd consider him and Mendy in the midfield maybe because Mendy's never let Leicester down and Didi looks a bit of a shadow, a much a, a proper shadow of the player that he was a few seasons ago, as a lot of them do. Um, so I would consider sort of three centre-backs, uh, wing-backs, and then my midfield three would be two to to keep things ticking over, like Jewsbury Hall and Mendy. I wouldn't go anywhere near Samari. I think he's absolutely dreadful, and I wouldn't put him in a Leicester shirt ever again, in my personal opinion. Uh, but it's up to what what Smith, Shakespeare, and Terry think. I would then put Madison as the as an advanced member of that midfield three, and I would start for the same reason I'd start Johnny Evans. I'd start Jamie Vardy. I totally agree with what you said, Pete. He's 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 past it. But what he will give you is having a little snap at the ankles of the of the defenders for forty five minutes, sixty minutes, whatever. Uh, and I'd start him up front with Dakar because pace is the biggest problem for defenders, regardless of how good they are. Pace is a problem. Pace causes problems. And if you want to move that ball forward quickly, you need players with pace to to be able to worry the, the defenders. That does, in in this kind of starting lineup, if you like, does leave Harvey Barnes out, which is a bit of a casualty of the formation, really, because I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't say for a second he deserves to be left out of the team. But, you could say to him, "Look, we're gonna. This is how we're gonna start. We're gonna we're gonna give this, unless it goes absolutely horribly wrong. You're gonna give this an hour at least. You're gonna say, right, this is how we're gonna set out our stall. We're gonna battle here. We're gonna win this battle. We're gonna win that battle. We're gonna have pl- we're gonna have plenty of players uh, in the middle of the park so that we don't get completely overrun, uh, and we're gonna make sure that that we're competitive and committed. Then look, Harvey, we'll bring you on last twenty twenty five minutes. Maybe tweak the shape a little bit." Um, if Vardy comes out, then you can possibly move to a three up front and then and switch that to a three four three if you like. Uh, Madison then becomes that sort of right sided forward, which is not his best position. But if you want to bring Barnes in as a game changer, you're gonna have to do something. You're gonna have to put um, somebody slightly out of position. But I, I think it's the way we've we've got to go, and they've just got to go and get in teams' faces and and actually look like they want to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm thinking as well. Look like you want to stay <clears throat> stay in the Premier League. It's remarkable we got to this stage, but that's where we are. Um <clears throat> excuse me, just looking at the um 
just looking at the fixtures, I mean, you could argue really that this season is a four-game season because you've got Man City this coming weekend, put a line through that. Leicester versus Wolves, Leeds versus Leicester, Leicester versus Everton, Fulham versus Leicester. That's the season there, those four games. You then have Liverpool at home, Newcastle away and West Ham on the final day. Well, if, we, if, we, if we're thinking about final day of the season, needing a win, then we're banging in trouble, everyone. So if we look at it like that and we look at it as a four-game season, I'm sure they'll be thinking exactly the same. Um, then regardless of what happens at the weekends, it's still those four games. Um, Scoreline at the weekend, Rob. <laughs> I daren't ask. But you have asked anyway, haven't you? Um, you know what? I'd like. I, I don't think we're going to win the game. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, Dean Smith has, has basically said the same thing. He said, "We'll go there, positive, looking for points." Yeah, aren't we always looking for points? Um, I don't do this very often. I, in fact, I'm not sure if I've ever done it. But I'm going to predict a, a defeat, but a, a gallant one that makes the players and and makes the fans look at Smith and Co and think yeah all right this this could work um a 3-1 but where it's fairly close for a while uh and then man city's quality just comes through in the last sort of 10 15 minutes or so um but i like leicester to score uh, i'd like us to be competitive and match them for 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 much of the game um, and I would also like Leicester to prove me wrong with this prediction, but I'm going to go 3-1 Man City. Yeah, I'm thinking the same. I'm thinking you've got a team who are fighting for the league, unfortunately. That's that's the key aspect here, isn't it? Um, you've got a team who are fighting for the, lead, uh, for the league and they need to win. And so are they going to... They're not going to rest hard, are they? They're going to play him from the start. Um, I know they've got Bayern Munich, but you're 3-0 up. So you can play him. Um, I can't see any reason why they don't play their first team. And then guess who comes off the bench? It's uh, Julio Alvarez, the centre-forward for Argentina, who have just won the World Cup, who wants to score with every single touch of the football. Um, I'm thinking five. I'm going 5-1, which I know sounds terrible, but I, I kind of go along the same you know thought process as yourself that it will be close-ish until the final, say, half an hour when it just will tell. And almost until the likes of, say, Haaland goes off um, and then someone like an Alvarez comes on and scores a quick brace or even a quick trick. That's what I can see. So, unfortunately, that's that's what I'm going for. But... Um, but there you go. That's the that's the, that's, that's the predictions that, that we've got. Um, now, Rob, one thing that I I've actually been doing quite well in until last week, um, mainly because I've not got many Leicester players, is the fancy football. So if you hit that music, I will give you the top ten. Here we go then. In at number 10. Excellent week for Olivia Toon with Schmeichel Jackson. What a great name. At 1955. 1,955. Down into 9th. Matt Hatson flying without Mings. 1,955 also. Down into 8th place. Adam Wise back at the Neto. 1,964. Up into 8th place. Liam Squires with Glasgow Celtic at 1,971 points. Uh, down into 6th place, uh, KFAST FC, Mohamed Hassan, 1,974 points. Top 5, up into 5th place, Joe Healy, Vardy Annuals, uh, 1,975 points. In 4th place, up into 4th, it's Ben Melbourne with Vini Vidi Vardy, uh, 1,976 points. Top three, no changes in the top three. In 3rd place, Team Dalek, uh, Adman Gluti. Uh, with 1,977, Glenn Richardson, Glenn's Maple Foxes, 1,983. But clear at the top, it's Emerson Blues, Jack R, 2,016 points. Clear at the top. Rob, 
Where are you? I am in 21st place. Poor week this week, but a good week last week meant that uh, I've uh, leapfrogged a few. You're calling 58 a poor week, then mine was absolutely disastrous. But I will uh, mention once again, for those of you that maybe tuned out at the beginning, I have been on a cruise and internet... Uh, access was very limited so I didn't get to do my team in time for this week so I, I only got this is probably the worst score I've got all season because I've been I, wa- I was doing all right I was climbing up towards pretty much 50th which I'd be fairly pleased with but I, I scored 31 this week which is criminally bad and has sent me tumbling down to 79th um, which I'm not very pleased with to be honest with you uh, I also made an error in the previous week in um, getting two two kind of blue-tinted glasses and uh, captaining Madison for a double game week, thinking that Leicester were finally going to get themselves out of the mess that they were in. And and quite obviously that didn't happen. So um, a a risky week and a week where I didn't get to do my team in time. And I think that's me out of the hunt for for top spot, if, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you might just add uh, dipped out of contention, but uh, well, it's uh, it's uh, yeah, a bit of a mess on the old uh, FPL front for you at the moment, Rob. But I, I can't really get into the top. Well, I suppose top ten on what uh, fifty five. Oh dear, forty seven points behind. But I've used all my um, all my wild cards and all that sort of thing. So. Um, yeah, it's not going to happen on that. But uh, good luck to those, especially inside the top 10. Really close uh, between second and uh, probably down to, say, seventh place. Uh, pretty close between those. But that's it. So it's all change at Leicester with uh, Smith, Shaky, and uh, Mr. John Terry <laughs> in a Leicester tracksuit. Did that, that look weird to you, did it, Rob? Proper weird. I was look, I was I looked at his face and then, you know, because it's... Um, it's uh, an Adidas tracksuit as well, and, and Chelsea used to wear Adidas. So I don't know if they still do. I don't, I don't pay that much attention to them. But it just, and then you look across, and it's the Leicester badge. You're like, oh, what's happened? Are we are we in some kind of nightmare? And the answer is yes, we are. And John Terry's the man to wake us up from it. Yeah, <laughs> dear. Anyway, we'll be back next week, hopefully on the back of maybe a positive result. Who knows? But then looking forward to that crunch game against Wolves. Who do you think is going to start? Who would you like to see start for Leicester on Saturday? Or should I say in the remaining games of this season? Again, we're all on a on a new contract with Leicester. We're all in this mini season to the end of the season. And then it's all change. Hopefully all change once we're still a Premier League club. Mm-hmm.